the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is made possible through the sponsorship of the Word of Life Bible Fellowship and through the generous giving of faithful donors like you. If you would like to learn more about our ministry, you can visit us at awordforlife.com. Welcome to A Word for Life. A Word for Life is the radio ministry of the Word of Life Bible Fellowship, located in Tacoma, Washington. And now, here's Pastor Michael Fields with A Word for Life. third chapter is where we're going to go to, dear ones, and I'm going to read the first two verses of the book of Titus. So Titus 3, starting at verse 1, dear ones, notice, if you will, what the word of the Lord declares to us. It says, put them in mind to be subject to principalities and powers, to obey magistrates, to be ready to every good work, to speak evil of no man, to be no brawlers, but gentle showing all meekness unto all men. Dear ones, on today, I would like for us to return to a series that we had started uh, some time ago. Um, We had started it, and we dealt with it for a little bit, but then we got away from it because some other things had come up that we needed to address. But I'd like for us to go back to it on today and begin to address it and deal with it a little bit more. Um, now, there, were our, there are several passages of Scripture that we're going to try to get to on today. I, I strongly doubt we'll get through all of this, but we'll do the best that we can on today. Um, but the, one of those passages is found for us here in the book of Titus, that third chapter, the first two verses. And the topic and the series that we have been working our way through, dear ones, that topic has been this, pursuing excellence as a church. Pursuing excellence as a church. Now, when we began this series, the first thing that I tried to do was I tried to show why the issue of us pursuing excellence as a church was something that we really needed to focus in on and begin to pay attention to. And the reasons that I gave for why we needed to do this were were twofold. The first one was because we serve and we represent a God who does all things in an excellent way. We serve and we represent a God who does all things in an excellent way. And it is because of this that as his representatives to the world, 
we should endeavor to do all that we can do and strive to give our very best at what we do for the Lord in a way that is honoring of the excellence that his name has, but also to his glory and for his praise. And so because we serve a God who does all things in excellence, God does everything excellently. He doesn't do anything mediocrely or, or, or halfway or, or middle of the roadish. God does all things in an excellent way. And so because he does that, we as his representatives should strive to give the very best that we have and the very best that we can to honor him and to to try and bring glory to his name by pursuing excellence ourselves. But the second reason that I gave for why we needed to do this, dear ones, was because we live in a world that is in desperate need to see the church become active and living and healthy and impactful once again. Because many of the things that are ailing our culture are things that only the church can give lasting and meaningful answers to. And so we live in a day and time, dear ones, where our culture is in desperate need to see the church rise up and be healthy, rise up and be active, rise up and have impact and influence once again, like the Lord intended for us to have. Because as I said, many of the things that are going on in our culture are issues that only the church can give meaningful answers to. The world can give answers, but the answers will be meaningless or they'll be, they'll be limited or they won't last very long. They, they will not have the impact that the Lord intends for them to have. The world can give answers. The devil will give you all kinds of answers. It's only the church that can give answers that are both God-honoring but also impacting and lasting. And so the church, the culture needs for the church to rise up again. But then I then began to list off the various things that we as the church or the body of Christ that we need to begin to do in order to pursue effort, pursue excellence in our effort. So in our effort to pursue excellence, I started to list off some various things that we needed to do. Now, we just dealt with the first three of those things. We only dealt with three of them thus far. There's about, uh, there's a good number of them. Let me just say it that way. There's a good number of them. We just dealt with the first three. The first one was we need to love sincerely. I talked about loving sincerely, not just loving in word, but as the scripture says, love in word and in deed. So we are to love sincerely. Then we talked about the second thing, which is we need to extend grace freely and regularly. We need to extend grace freely and regularly. Every one of us in here needs each. We all need each other to extend grace to us. And we need that grace extended to us freely. There's no catch to it. There's, there, there's, no, there's, there's nothing behind it. It's just freely given and we need it regularly. Because most of us in here know what it is to mess up. Most of us in here won't make it through the day without messing up at least one more time. We've messed up at least one time already. And it's not even noon yet. So most of us in here are going to mess up at least one more time before the day is done. And that's if the Lord blesses you yes. with just one more time. Yes, so we're going to need grace freely and regularly. And then the third thing we talked about is we need to commune intentionally. 
We need to commune intentionally. That is, we are intentional in coming together. We are intentional in staying connected. We are intentional of fellowshipping with one another. Everything in our culture, actually everything in our world is designed to pull people apart. And so if you stay together, it must be you do that intentionally. Whether it be, it, 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 you know, you, I, I, if I had time, I'd take us there and we could talk about that. Just the very culture itself and the, the world itself, the universe itself. I could go there and we could talk about it. But basically to summarize it all, dear ones, everything is designed to go apart. That's what the fall has done. It, is, it has caused everything to separate and go apart. And it is only by God's grace and his mercy and through his power and his spirit that we can come together. But in order to come together, we must be intentional in doing that. So we must commune intentionally. So on today, dear ones, I'd like for us to begin to deal with the next thing. There were actually two things that I would like for us to deal with. I thought we were going to be able to deal with on today, but I'm sensing by the Spirit of God that we don't need to try and deal with two because that's too much. We just need to take one and just work our way through that one because that one is so vitally important. And the one that we're going to deal with on today, dear ones, is this. In order to pursue excellence as a church, the next thing that we must begin to realize is we must learn to disagree respectfully. We must learn to disagree respectfully. Now, the reason I say this is key, dear ones, is because Jesus his high priestly prayer, many people believe that the, that, that the Lord's prayer that we have in Matthew, the sixth chapter, is the, is the prayer that Jesus... No, no, no. That's Jesus giving us instruction on how to pray. You want to see the Lord's prayer, you've got to go to John, St. John, the 17th chapter. Because in John 17, Jesus gives us his high priestly prayer. And as you look at the pre-high priestly prayer of Jesus himself, as you get to that last part of it, Jesus says at least no less than three different times he says father this is my desire for my body this is my prayer for my church this is my will for my people that they be one even as you and I are one my prayer for my church my prayer for my people is that they be one as you and I are one it's hard to be one with somebody you don't respect. Amen. And it's hard to be one with somebody that you are having an ongoing disagreement with. Amen. I want you to think about that. The reason why this topic is so key and so critical, dear ones, is because this is one of the things that the devil uses to keep us from becoming one. Amen. This is one of the things he uses. To keep us, and it's so simple, it's so subtle, but it's so powerful and so impactful. And so we must learn to disagree respectfully. With regards to this topic that we're going to be dealing with, dear ones, we need to disagree respectfully. And, And I want to start off by asking all of you a question. And my question to you is this. How many of you have ever disagreed with somebody that you love? How many of you have ever disagreed with somebody that you love? 
Now, if you're like me, probably yes, I, you have done that. Sister Ann would say, yes, I did that just yesterday. So I, <laughs> we just had that discussion yesterday, Lord have mercy. And so, yes, we have disagreed with people that we love. We genuinely love them, but we have disagreed with them. Now, it might be over something that was very simple and very simplistic. Or the disagreement could have been over something that was quite significant and quite serious. But you and that other person, even though you love one another, you did not and you were not seeing that issue in the same way. You were not and possibly are not. Because some of you might be right there right now. You are not seeing that issue in the same way, but you still love that person. Now, let me follow up that question with another question. How many of you, if only for a brief period of time, have found yourself speaking to and responding to, reacting to and interacting with that person that you have the disagreement with differently because of that disagreement that you had with them. We will get back to Pastor Fields and to today's message in just a moment. But we wanted to take a moment to share with all of you that the aim of our radio ministry at the Word of Life Bible Fellowship is to share the good news of Jesus Christ with as many people as possible and to strengthen and edify the body of Christ through Bible teaching that is both clear and relevant. We would like to see this ministry go even farther in accomplishing this work, but in order for us to be able to do that, we need your help. If you are able, after you have given to the support of your own local home church, if you are able to help us with the cost of airing this program on this station, we would greatly appreciate it. All donations are tax-deductible, and they can be sent to the Word of Life Bible Fellowship, P.O. Box 8903, Tacoma, Washington, 98418. And if you would like to learn more about our ministry and be able to listen to some of the archived messages from Pastor Fields, you can do so by visiting us at our website, which is awordforlife.com. And now, let's get back to Pastor Fields and to today's message. Now, 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 I, I need for y'all to not get super spiritual on me right now. Don't get real deep and real heavy. Pastor, that never happened to me. I could never, no, I could never, never, never. Oh, no, that could never be me. I would never do that. Don't get super spiritual on me. Be honest. Tell the truth, saying the devil. Be honest. And, 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 and ask yourself, the disagreement that I had with that person, I love that person. But that disagreement that I had with them, it did impact how I, if only for a small period of time, it did impact how I treated them. It did impact how I spoke about them. It did impact how I responded to them. It did have an impact upon me. You, 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 you found yourself, you found yourself interacting with that person differently because of that disagreement. Yes, and as I said, there was, if the answer to that question is yes, then I think that it would be safe for me to say that the impact that it had upon you and upon how you reacted and related to that person, it was not that it made you draw closer to them. Amen. 
It was not that it made you act nicer to them. Or that it was not that it made you want to do more things for them. More than likely, the impact that that disagreement that you had with that person, that it had on you, the impact was it caused you to become somewhat distant and standoffish with that person. You were somewhat distant and standoffish. It caused you to not be as warm and as affectionate as you were with that person prior to that disagreement happening. Before, you'd walk in and, and, and give them a kiss, but now you walk in and just want to shake hands. <laughs> How you doing, Sister Ann? Good to see you today. God bless you. What <laughs> I give you a knuckle sandwich here. It, it, it did something. It caused you, that disagreement that it had, it caused you to have somewhat of a bad attitude toward that person. And if we are not careful, I need everybody to hear me now. If we're not careful, what can happen is that the devil can begin to manipulate things and twist things so that our disagreement with that person can turn into feelings of disrespect for that person. I need you to hear me now. If you're not careful, if we are not careful... What can happen is the devil can step in and begin to twist things and manipulate things in our hearts and in our mind toward that person so that our disagreement with them turn into feelings of disrespect for them. And what we as a church must realize as we strive to pursue excellence, dear ones, is this. While disagreements among us can and will happen, we can never allow those disagreements to descend into feelings of disrespect that we begin to have for one another. Notice what I just said. While disagreements among us as a body, as a church, disagreements are going to happen. That's going to take place. We will not always see eye to eye on everything. But, dear ones, we can never allow those disagreements that we have to descend into feelings of disrespect that we begin to have for one another. And notice I said descend. Because when you start to feel feelings of disrespect for other people, you have gone down. You are not going up. You are going down. As I said, we will not see eye to eye on everything and on every issue. And there will be times where we will find ourselves disagreeing with one another, even though we sincerely and truly love one another. But we must never allow our disagreements with that person to impact our love and our concern for them and how we and our connection to that person. So even though we're disagreeing, that's still, that does, that, that, our disagreement should not impact my love for you. Amen. And it should not impact my connection to you. Amen. You are still my brother or my sister in the Lord. Amen. I do not have the right nor the option to disown you, you as a person, as a member of the body of Christ. Amen. Just because I disagree with you. Amen. We must always remember that uh, we must not allow our disagreements with that person to cause us to turn sour towards them so that we begin to have feelings of disrespect for them. Because as I said, there was when you start feeling feelings of disrespect for a person, your disagreement is turning you sour. I want you to hear me now. When you start to have feelings of disrespect 
for the other person because of that disagreement, your disagreement is turning you sour. You are going sour in your spirit, in your heart, and in your mind. The devil has now gotten a foothold and he's turning you sour. Now hold your finger here in Titus and everybody turn real quickly to the book of John. I just want to show you two scriptures. John, the 13th chapter, is where we're going to go to first. And then I'm going to look at Hebrews, the 12th chapter. John 13, verses 34 and 35. And then we're going to look at Hebrews 12 and 14. But dear ones, notice, if you will, what we're told in John 13, verses 34 and 35. Jesus says there, he says, a new commandment I give unto you. That you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. Lord, have mercy. Jesus says, I'm giving you a new commandment. Moses gave you ten. I'm going to give you one more. Moses gave you ten. I gave Moses ten to give to you, I should say. But I'm going to give you one more. And it's a new one to you. That you love one another, but not love one another the way you think you should love. I want you to love one another in the way that I love you. So how I love you, I want you to love others in that same way. But then notice the kicker that Jesus puts on it in verse 35. He says, by this shall all men know that you are my disciples. If you have love one to another. By this, by you doing this, this will be the seal of approval. This will be the seal of ownership that you belong to me. Not your speaking in tongues, not your preaching, not your teaching, not your prophesying, not your dancing in the spirit, not all this other stuff. The one thing that the Lord himself says will be the thing that will give you authenticity and authenticate who you are as a follower of Jesus Christ is your ability, your ability to show love to other people. That thing doesn't make any difference how much you know the Bible. Does not make any difference how deep you think you are. Doesn't make any difference how quickly, how much you can learn concerning Greek or Hebrew or Aramaic. It makes no difference. The one sign that the Lord himself has given. He says, by this, they will know you belong to me. If you have love to other folk. For other folk. Hebrews chapter 12. Notice what we're told there. Chapter 12, verse 14. Hebrews 12, 14. The Lord, the Lord tells us there in his word, he says, Follow peace with all men and holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. Follow peace with all men. Lord, have mercy. Follow peace. Pursue peace. Be pursuing peace aggressively go after peace and let that be with everyone folk that like you folk that you know don't like you pursue peace and holiness because without those two things this text tells us you won't see the Lord that is you won't see him in peace you'll see him but not in peace Lord have mercy. Got y'all's attention now, don't I? Yes, sir. <laughs> Amen. All right. Now let's turn back to Titus. Let, let's talk about what Titus has to say to us. 
Titus, the third chapter. Dear ones, as we look at this text of Scripture, there are two, at, at this topic I should say, there are two passages of Scripture that I would like for us to deal with concerning this topic of, of disagreeing respectfully. We are to disagree respectfully. There are two passages of Scripture that I want for us to deal with. The first one is found for us here in Titus, the third chapter. Again, let's read what it says. Chapter 3, verses 1 and 2. It says, Put them in mind to be subject to principalities and powers, to obey magistrates, to be ready to every good work, to speak evil of no man, to be no brawlers, but gentle, showing all meekness unto all men. Hello, dear ones. This is Pastor Michael Fields. And here at the end of today's broadcast, I just wanted to take a moment and say thank you to all of you for taking the time out of your day to tune in and listen to our program. My hope is that today's broadcast has been a blessing to you in some way and has helped you in your walk and in your relationship with the Lord. And I want to encourage all of you to tell a friend about this program and join us here next time as we look into the riches of God's Word in order to find a word for life. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.